How is everybody this morning? Good? We're doing all right? Pretty good. Good stuff going on. Um, yeah, it's good to be here. Good to get to gather with other believers, get to uh, worship the Lord, be thankful for what he did. I love communion. It's just, a, it's just a time where we get to look back, we get to re- refresh our mind throughout the busyness of life and remember what it was that Jesus did, uh, that, that he did it for me and you. He didn't do it for a group of strangers, but he did it for me and you. And that's why I love communion, because it's personal. Today, uh, this morning, I mean, we got some folks in here who are tired, all right? I'm not going to lie. The youth group, the youth group here, any, any young people's here? Couples, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> the other ones have chosen the bed. <laughs> we went to a conference this weekend called uh, Dare to Share, and it was awesome. Um, it was it was just teaching teens, teaching students how to share their faith, how to reach out to their friends, how to win the lost uh, for Christ, and the whole weekend. I mean. I've been I've been in the church and around things like this for a long, long, long time. Like since I was probably I've been going to things since I was in junior high, and uh, this one like it explained what Jesus did on the cross. It explained how to evangelize and it, and it explained how to address your friends better than I've ever heard in my life. Um, it's called Dare to Share, and I mean we have testimony after testimony of of, of what God was speaking to students in students' lives. I'm not going to pick on anybody today. Uh, I'm not going to call you out or anything like that. But uh, I had I had students come up to me all weekend. I'm sure Emily and other leaders did as well. Just coming up to them and just being honest, being honest about about who they are and 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 about what Jesus did for them and what that means to them. And now since Jesus is so good and He died for my sins, what I'm going to do. And it was just like that all weekend. It was just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. How many of you know that's what it's all about, right? Jesus. You know, sometimes in Christianity, uh, uh, we can make it stink sometimes because instead of Jesus, we focus on ourselves. Right? Ugh. We focus on ourselves. We, we, we have Jesus over here, but, and we keep our eyes on him, but sometimes our eyes turn back to ourselves. And we start looking at our, our mess, the things that we've done wrong, all the ugliness, right? We know ourselves. We know who we are. We know we're not perfect. But we can make Christianity stink sometimes because we make it about us instead of about Jesus. Instead of about what he did. I remember going to uh, my grandma's church when I was uh, when I was really 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 young. We called her Mamaw. She was tough. She was the kind of lady you got in trouble. She was like, go out to the tree and you know get the branch, the switch. I mean, she was tough. No, it's okay. Mamaw can do what she wants. <laughs> you, know, you didn't test Mamaw, all right? You didn't, you didn't go there with her. But I remember as a young kid, I loved my Mamaw. She was my Mamaw. She wasn't Micah's mamaw, she was my mamaw. <laughs> and I remember, I mean, and, and, we, and I used to go to the church, the church house, as she would call it. The church house. And we'd go to the church house every Sunday and every Wednesday. And, uh, I mean, this is Texas to the finest church, you know. We sang all the old hymns. Everybody had their cowboy hats on, had their wranglers, had the dip ring in the back of their pocket. I'm talking about both men and women here, Okay. <laughs> 
I mean, this is Texas to the core church, you know? The dooleys and the trailers in the parking lot. I mean, it smelled like a stockyard. You pulled up and you're like, oh, we must be at church. Because everybody had their horses and cattle and everything. They brought us to brought them to church. You know, everybody needs to get saved, right? But I remember going there as a kid. And, and I tell you about this church this morning because there was one song, this old hymn that they always sang. And it was called, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Anybody remember that? And I remember it. And because I don't, I don't know why this song stuck, it stuck to me. And this is this is how it goes. Just the chorus. It says, "Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace." I I could repeat that to you, you know, twenty years later or whatever it is, without even looking at. It. Let me read it one more time. It says, "Turn your eyes upon Jesus." Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. What's great about that hymn is that that it reminds me to put my eyes back on Jesus. When I get distracted by all that life has to throw at me, all the mess, even the good things. You know, as Christians, we're good at talking about the mess. But how many know the good things can get you distracted as well? And it's okay, they do. But it's always great to remember to turn our eyes back to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. What does that mean? That means he wrote about your salvation and he accomplished your salvation. The author and the finisher of our faith. This week we're back into Ephesians. We're in Ephesians 1, 7 through 14. I'm going to cover seven verses today. I think Dan did, what, six in three weeks? (laughs) I mean, this dude's a preacher right here, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He brings me in. He's like, look, we got to get through the book of Ephesians. I'm going to need you to do your thing. So he knows, he knows that I'll bring out a lot of scripture. All right, because I need a lot to preach. <laughs> so let's look at that. Ephesians 1, 7 through 14. I believe we have it on the screen. Yes, we do. And this is what it says. It says, in him we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the the, the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In him also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Everybody say, wow. Wow. That's a lot. Dan could have spent the rest of the year on that. (laughs) He's probably pretty upset with me sitting right there. And I was like, dude, come on. Could have stopped three words in. We could have, you know, whatever. Anyways, that's what we're covering today. All right. And what I want to uh, what what I want to focus in on today is is at the very end of 14, it says that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. 
you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. What did you hear a lot through that whole text that I just read? I heard him, himself, in him, who he is. It was all about him, right? It was all about Jesus. He said, we are in him. And sometimes we think about him and us. But we're actually in him. We are in him. The thing I want to focus, like I said earlier, is that, is that we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit does is he takes what Jesus won on the cross. He takes what Jesus did in his resurrection. And he brings it into our life. He takes those things which Jesus won on the cross. Our salvation a whole list of things that, 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 that we could talk about. But he takes everything that Jesus did and he gives it to us. He gives it to us. The way I know how to explain this is anybody ever uh, ordered anything off of a QVC or anything off of like online or anything like that? Let me see a show of hands. You bought something, right? You bought something. So here's the deal. So if you're watching QVC, right? I don't know why I'm talking about QVC, but we're talking about it. <laughs> If, you're, if you order something off QVC, what do you do? You call them up, right? You see something on TV, you're like, ooh, that looks nice. That looks nice. I like that jacket, you know, whatever. And you call them up and you say, hey, I like this item number. You give them the item number, I think. And, uh, and, you, and, and, and <laughs> I, I don't know anything about QVC, so I don't know. we're not going there, okay? We're not going there. I just heard from somebody who heard from somebody that this is what you do. So anyways, so you call them up, you tell them what you want, right? And, what, and then what do you do? You give them your credit card number. And they run that credit card number, and you have bought. You have bought something from QVC or online. Now, you bought it, right? You bought it. It's yours, but do you have it? Do you have it yet? No. What has to happen? they got to take it out. they they got to go to the warehouse. Somebody goes to the warehouse, puts it in a nice box, you know, whatever they do. And then they put it on a truck, you know, and maybe then it goes to a plane and then it goes to another truck. And then it shows up at your doorstep, right? You see, what you did is you bought something, but you didn't have it. And that's what Jesus did. He purchased everything for us on the cross and, and through his life and what he did. He bought it. And now the Holy Spirit takes what he did... And brings it to us. Does that make sense? That he takes what Jesus bought. And he makes it a reality in our life. He shows up at our door and says. Mr. Henderson. (laughs) You ordered such and such such and such. Could you sign right here? You sign. You take it inside. And it's yours. Oh, here we go. You take it inside and it's yours. You see, that's exactly what happened, is Jesus bought everything, everything for us on the cross. He did it. He accomplished it. And the Holy Spirit takes what he did, and he applies it into our life. He applies it into our life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He is the delivery system of God. And he's never late. Right on time. Logistics. (laughs) Logistics. <laughs> what has Brown done for you? Here we go. Everybody's got something to say. <laughs> so here's what I want to do today. Is I, and if, if, if that's what the Holy Spirit does, then we have to learn how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, right? We have to learn. 
We have to learn how to cooperate with the, with the Holy Spirit. But for order, in order us for, to, to be able to, to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we've got to know who the Holy Spirit is. We've got to know. So in, in, there's no outline out there today, but I'm going to run through just five just key things. Key things uh, this morning about who the Holy Spirit is and how we cooperate with him. How we cooperate with him. Number one is this, is that the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. He guides us into all truth. You have to let him guide you. You know the Holy Spirit's a real gentleman, right? That's how I've heard him explained. He won't take advantage of you. He won't do anything against your will. He's a real gentleman. So we have to let him guide us. We have to let him guide us. John 16, 13 says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. As Christians, we have that Spirit living on the inside of us. We understand, we understand right from wrong, right? We understand life from death, justice from injustice, the things of this world from the things of God, right? If the Holy Spirit is alive and active inside you, the spirit of truth, we know those things. We do. There's no excuses. And that sucks sometimes. But it's the truth. We have the spirit of truth living in the inside of us. We don't have to guess. You see, when you first, when you first became saved, I, I don't know if any of you were like me, but I got saved and I still wanted to live the same life I was living. I got saved and I still wanted to have the same friends that I always had. And do the same things I always did. Well, that didn't work out too well. It didn't go over quite like I had planned. Because I had this thing on the inside of me that I didn't have before saying, you know, that's, that's, that's really not right. You know what? I really don't want you doing that. And it wasn't my conscience. Because if it was, it would have been telling me beforehand. Before I got saved. See, it was the spirit of truth. It was the Holy Spirit speaking to me, telling me the truth. Hey, you know what? Can't be doing that anymore. Because I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. And I'm going to be speaking whether you want me to or not. You invited me in. (laughs) But we have the spirit of truth living on the inside of us. You see, uh, you, you, have you ever been to like the Grand Canyon? I remember when we went to the Grand Canyon when I was, when I, was uh, I believe it was 10 years old. We had an old, we had an old blue minivan and there, we had six kids, six kids and my parents. That's eight of us in a blue minivan. <sighs> Still a little damage from it. We weren't going to talk about it though. Um, no, no, we went to the Grand Canyon. We drove from Texas to Arizona. It's a long haul. Just across Texas is a long haul. If you go to Texas, you can't just drive across the state in one day. You're going to need to be there for at least two or three days. This place is big. Anyways, we drive from Texas to Arizona. And, and we get to the Grand Canyon and all, and all that. And what happens? We go on a tour, right? And what do we have? We have a tour guide. And that tour guide is showing us the Grand Canyon, and we're looking out, and we're like, oh, you know, it's a big hole. (laughs) It's a beautiful big hole, right? I'm sorry, anybody like the Grand Canyon? I love it, too. 
but let's just call it what it is. It's a hole. Now, you have this tour guide, and what does the tour guide do? He, he shows you different things that just you looking alone, you would miss, right? He said, oh, if you look out in the distance over here, you can see this kind of rock formation. Dan's all into that kind of stuff. He's like, this kind of rock formation. Dan's eating it up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's a rock. <laughs> but we miss things. We miss things by ourselves. But the Holy Spirit, he comes and reveals things. He's the spirit of truth. He guides us. And we've got to allow him to do that in our life. We have to give him the, 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 the right, the authority to say, Lord, send your spirit into my life and guide me. I know a lot of us are here, in here are Christians this morning. But for some of us who may not be, it sounds kind of strange. I mean, the spirit is going to come live inside of me and guide me. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Because it's true. It's true, and he wants to do it for you this morning. So we have to allow him. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. Number two is this. He glorifies and testifies of Christ. If it's not about Jesus, he ain't interested. If it's not about Jesus, he ain't interested. It's a little Texas coming out. He's not. He's not interested. John 15:26 says this, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. That's Jesus speaking there. John 16:14 says this, he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't come on his own accord. He comes when Jesus sent him, right? When Jesus died on the cross and then he rose again, what did he say? He said, I'm going to send you somebody. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, my spirit, to come and live in you. Have you ever met somebody who, you know, just fell in love with somebody else? Or for youth people, just fell, just, just fell in like? You know, come on, come on. We fall in like all the time. <laughs> we think we love it, but we just really, really like it. But have you ever met somebody like that and you're trying to have a conversation with them and all they can do is talk about this other person, right? All they can do. I, I, I remember being in, in, uh, in math class in seventh grade and I sat by this girl and I'm a talker, you know, I listen to the teacher, you know, I, I try to take notes and all that stuff. But after a while, I just get bored. Do your homework. Do good. But anyways, and I remember sitting next to this lady, and, and I mean, th this girl, and, and, and uh, she, she was infatuated with this other kid in my class. And I promise you, for two weeks straight, this is all she talked about, how cute he was. Did you see the jeans he wore today? Did you see those new shoes? He got a haircut. I mean, just on and on and on and on. But you know what? That's how the Holy Spirit is about Jesus. It's truth. He is infatuated with him. He is in love with him. He cannot stop talking about him. He cannot stop telling you what it is that, he, that Jesus did for you. That is who the Holy Spirit is. He glorifies and testifies of Christ. The hope of glory. The son of the living God. Jesus Christ. 
He glorifies Jesus. So we, we, we have to know that, that if we're going to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, it's going to be all about Jesus. It's going to be all about Jesus. And you say, well, where do I come in? He's got to use somebody. And that's where you come in. Number three is this. Is he distributes spiritual gifts. This is the Holy Spirit. And I put underneath that, begin to use the gifts he has given you. Have you ever unwrapped a present? And I'm not talking about the present you got from your Aunt Bernice at the Christmas party, the sweater. You know, you know which sweater I'm talking about. And you went home and put it in your closet and only took it out for the ugly Christmas sweater party. I'm not talking about that kind of present, okay? I'm talking about the present that you opened when you were a kid, you know, and you wrote your list out and, and, and uh, you gave it to Santa Claus, you know. And then Santa Claus brought it to your house, and, uh, and you opened it up, and you have a bunch of presents laying around, but you open this one gift up, and you're like, oh, oh, I got it, I got it. And what do you do? At least me. I forgot about every other gift that I had at that moment, at that moment. ran outside, and usually played with it right there. My parents are like, Adam, there's more gifts in here, though. But I was so infatuated with the gift. I was so infatuated with it. 1 Corinthians 12, 8-10 says this, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the, Spirit, through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. You see, what the Holy Spirit does is he takes the gifts from God and he distributes it into your life. He takes the gifts and he distributes it. He gives them to us. And what do we need to do? We need to learn how to use those gifts. What good is a new gift if I just let it sit there? Never play with it. Like I said, like I told you in that story, when I opened the gift as a child, I was like, I'm playing with this thing. It's mine. I've been watching all the commercials on TV about it, you know. It's usually like a race car track or something like that. You know, I'm freaking out. Ah, I'm going to play with it right now. But that's how, we, that, that's how we should be about the gifts. We should desire gifts, the Bible says. We should want them. And that's what the Holy Spirit does is he takes the gifts from God. And he gives them to us. He puts them in our life. He says, here you go, Randy. What do you say? <laughs> Not that one, but uh, unwrap every day. What do you, what? Tear it open. That's what we should do. Those gifts that God gives us, those things that God, God has for us, we should be wanting to use them. Not just put them on the shelf and say, you know, that's a really cool gift, but I'm not interested. No, take that thing down. You know what? The Lord has spoken to a lot of you in this room. And that's why I'm so excited about this evangelism class, Mr. Ray Wright, is because God's going to use it to open, I mean, to, to, to unlock the gifts that he's put inside of people. Man, we're going to go out there and we're going to go crazy for Jesus in this community. We are. That's our, that, you, know, you know, that's our mission. That's our mission. It's not to try to win a bunch of people in this room. It's about to go out there where they are. 
And use those gifts that God has given us in our schools, in our workplace, in our families, whatever it is, wherever it is. Use what God has given us. Use what the Holy Spirit distributes. Get out there and use those things. Use those gifts. That one gets me fired up. I love it. I like gifts. I'm greedy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Number four is this. Is he brings us liberty. I put underneath it, minister slash live in his liberty. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Or you, some of you may have heard it, is there is freedom. He is freedom. You ever worked for a boss that, that micromanages everything you do? I've worked for a couple of them. I don't have one anymore, praise God. Dan's a really great boss. He's awesome. But, but I, I, I have worked at times for people who like to micromanage stuff, and it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. Because it doesn't matter how good it was, it could have been better, right? I think we live like that at Christians a lot. That we don't celebrate enough. Because we always think, oh, it could have been so much better if we would have just done this. And the Lord, Lord says, no, it was great. Souls were saved. People were healed. You have to minister and live in his freedom, in his liberty. That's what he did for us. Just as 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You see, don't be afraid to mess up. You know, when we get afraid to mess up, what do we do? Nothing. <laughs> and we mess up. When we get afraid to mess up, when we get afraid that we're not going to do it just the perfect way, we end up doing nothing. Don't be afraid to mess up. Live in his freedom. Live in his liberty. You know what, you know what the saying I like? It's not because I like to abuse it, but when, I, when, when someone tells me, you know, this and this happened to me and I did this all wrong or whatever... There's grace for that. There is grace for that. There is grace for your mess ups. There is grace for where you didn't think that you lived up to the potential that you had. There is grace for whenever you thought that you failed Jesus, when you failed the Lord. There's grace for that. Don't be afraid to mess up. Use those gifts. Live in his liberty. Live in his freedom. Finally, the last point is this, is he transforms us into the image of Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, my question to you today is, what are you reflecting? What are we reflecting? Are we reflecting Jesus to people? You see, he transforms us into the image of Christ. We begin to have the same characteristics as Jesus did. We begin to function as Jesus did. We begin to do a bunch of things as Jesus did. 
You see, show people a true reflection of who Jesus is. Not just your take on it. Get in the Word. Read about Jesus. Who is this man? And then reflect that to other people. Because that's what it says. That the Spirit comes to make us a reflection of who Christ is. To the world. To the world. You see, everything, it's all about Jesus. From where we started in Ephesians, we talked about in Him, through Him, everything is about Jesus. And, we, and, and when we can take our eyes off of ourselves and, and, and the situations that we're in and focus it back on Jesus, there's freedom in that. It's where the Holy Spirit is. And He's waiting. And He has things for us to do. I don't care how old you are in the room. Jesus has something for you to do. Mr. Ray, teaching the evangelism cr- the class. Jesus has something for you to do. He does. We're not, we're, we're not past our prime. We're in our prime. Right now, wherever you are, you're in your prime. I'll take it. If I could have the worship team come up. You see, everything is found in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit takes what Jesus did on the cross. He takes what he accomplished. He takes all, all, all the shame and, and, and all that away from us. And he takes all those things that Jesus did and he plugs them into our life. He delivers them. He is God's delivery system. So I pray that today as we, as we walk out of here, that we would be desiring the Holy Spirit in our life. We would be wanting the gifts that he wants to bring, the liberty that he brings. We'd be wanting to reflect who Jesus is to the people around us. Remember, the Holy Spirit is God's delivery system. He takes what Jesus did and he delivers it to us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I am tired. But it's a great day. You're here. You're ministering. You're moving. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just begin to, to, uh, to uh, teach us more and more who it is that Jesus was. Father, I pray that you would stir up a passion in our heart. Lord, that you would stir up a, just a, a want to for you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you, thank you that you're not living in a dead in a grave somewhere, but that you're alive and you're living Father, and you're, and you're searching for people's lives to change. So, Father, we just surrender to you this morning, and we say, come and have your way in our life. Lord, help us to take the focus off ourselves and put it on you. Just as Ephesians says, that everything, Lord Jesus, is in you. We find everything there. So thank you for that. And help us to cooperate with who it is that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.